The Fake Show podcast is sponsored by the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan. ExpandLaces.com. The Craft House Brewery, now with two locations. The Tone Factory Recording Studios. Moonshot.com. Mr. Antenna. And by Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas. It's The Fake Show with Jim Tofty. Those of you from the Las Vegas area may be familiar with Emmy Award-winning journalist Andrew Smith. He anchored sportscasts here at News 3. He then left to anchor sports in Green Bay, Wisconsin, where he had my dream job covering the Packers. Now he oversees the student television news production at Kansas State University in Manhattan, Kansas, in their journalism and mass communications department. A mutual friend of ours, Kendall Tenney recently posted a video of Andrew in the hospital with coronavirus and double pneumonia as Andrew struggled mightily to catch his breath. Then just a few days later, another video surfaced of a much improved Andrew Smith at home joking around and in recovery. Well, I was curious to find out what he went through as his recovery continues as I welcome Andrew Smith to The Fake Show. How are you feeling today? Uh, Well, uh, Jim, and little by little, uh, it's, the, the body continues to kind of push the the virus out. So uh, today we're now, um, gosh, I guess three weeks post uh, uh, post first really uh, contact from from the virus, and we're um, and, and getting better and better. Today I had another chest X-ray; the pneumonia has retreated. So uh, that is uh, that's good news. Still a little liver dysfunction and some blood clots, but. Uh, those are being dealt with um, as uh, you know, doctors feel like we're winning. So that's um, that's great news uh, to to feel, certainly for me. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you really got clobbered, didn't you? Because when we all first saw that video, I didn't realize the extent of everything that was going on. I knew that you had this bilateral pneumonia in addition to COVID-19, but I didn't realize the rest of it with your liver function and blood clots and everything. Yeah, you know, basically your the, the COVID goes after anything that helps uh, supply and clean your body. I mean, that's kind of what it was for me in particular. Um, so, you know, so that, that includes respiratory, which is providing the air. That includes the liver, which is cleaning your blood and, and doing all those things. And so the the liver uh, the liver dysfunction the hepatitis essentially is uh, is um, what we would call an autoimmune hepatitis where your liver liver starts throwing off these uh, extra enzymes because it's in a little bit of distress and that kind of that that's been a a fairly uh, it's not a very publicized one but it just it's another side effect of uh, of the COVID and then the the hospital stay and and all those uh, things also kind of lead clots and. Um, you know, deep vein thrombosis, which uh, you know we got a, you know, we caught before it became like a pul- pulmonary embolism, which is which is what kills you. Uh, and so you know we've been treating that as well. So you know, just basically the, the COVID comes in, and then once you clear the virus, it's, we're just dealing with all the wreckage that is left behind, and it's uh, it's a considerable wrecking ball as it bounces through all of your systems. And for those who don't know, here in Las Vegas, because we knew you when, when you were a, a sports anchor here in town. Way back in the day. Yeah, and now you are a, uh, a teacher, a professor at Kansas State University, and you were taking one of those study abroad groups of students over to London, and were you feeling not so great before you even took the trip? 
trip, and I know that you went with your wife and your two daughters as well. Yeah, yeah. No, we, you know, going. We, to be honest, I, I and I told the students this. I, I was, you know, this is. We forget how fast this is going, Jim. And so, you know, three. This is now almost a month ago, and a month ago, you know, what did we know from COVID? I mean, the last three, two, two, three weeks have been in light speed, and so I, I was more worried that a kid was going to step off the curb and look the wrong way and get hit by a bus, right? And anything else. And so we went. We still took took, took precaution. We took lots of precaution, and uh, I had seven students uh, over there in London. And we did lots of different activities and those um, uh, sorts of things. We found out later that my sister and her friend, who had come over earlier uh, to London, um, they both ended up testing positive. So the thought is, if you look at a pandemic, you kind of go point to point to point to point. And my sister had it in London before I did. And so I think that's kind of what we've thought is that that's where I ended up getting it, not from the underground and the crush of people and all the other and everything else. Um, and so before we left, everything was fine. So we got, we got to London. I, I've been there for a few days and started feeling run down. And I thought, yeah, it's jet lag. I've got to, I'm trying to keep up with, you know, seven or eight students who are doing video projects and we're going place to place to place to place. And it wasn't until really I got back to the United States that I really felt that things were, uh, were troublesome versus just ah, I'm tired because you know I'm 50 and I'm keeping up with all these other people, these other kids, and um, and essentially we got we knew we were going to quarantine when we got home to the states, and so we got in a waiting car and went straight home, drove straight to our garage, didn't stop anywhere. We didn't want to have any possibility of infecting anybody. And as I was unloading the luggage from the car, suddenly got so short of breath. And I started wheezing, and I was like, man, this is not good. I don't think this is good. And I woke up the next morning with a fever of 103. And uh, and we said, wow, gosh, we got to get in. And and so we went directly to the emergency room, and they tested off every member of my family. Mine was the only one they processed because I had much more active symptoms. And they said, well, you know what? You probably have it, mild version. We're not going to waste the processing time. Uh, and within three days, they sent me home with medication. Within three days, I just couldn't breathe. And so I ended up back in the ER and the ICU. And that was then the start of a five, six day hospital stay where I was on oxygen and never went on a ventilator, never had to get intubated, never quite that bad. But for the first three days, I got worse the first three days I was in there until finally you kind of turned a corner. Was your family not able to visit you then? I mean, I'm just assuming that they were not. No. Yeah. They, I, I went to the ICU and I, my wife talked about this after you know, I came back. Uh, we, we talked about this. You know, she dropped me off. Uh, as they kind of came out in their spaceman suits to come collect me and put me in an isolation room. Uh, and, uh, and she saw me go and, th- and didn't know, when am I going to see him again? Uh, because there was, I mean, this is not a normal hospital visiting flowers, et cetera. I was in a, um, a cord owned off area of the intensive care that had a double, like an anteroom, uh, an anteroom special decontamination, decom- decom- uh, uh, contamination room where they had to take all these special uh, issues. I saw a doctor one time a day, and then the nurse that was assigned to me, I had a singular nurse assigned to me. That nurse would what they would call cluster care. So, I mean, if you know lunch shows up and I'm not due for any more medications for an hour and a half, I'm getting cold lunch because that you know they would come in maybe three to four times a day, and that was it. If I had a problem, I could always call them in, but it would take ten minutes for them to put on all the protective gear uh, to, to be able to do it. Um, but it was it was full isolation um, from everybody else in the hospital. From you know, like I said, only one nurse would come in and out at fit, and 
um, and other than that, I, it was it was just Andrew and his thoughts and his hallucinations and his high fevers and this. Uh, it was tough. It was, it was a tough hospital stay for sure. So, were you watching TV or listening to any of the media stuff at that point? I'm not sure how intense. I, obviously, it wasn't as intense as it is now, but yeah, because that sh- sure couldn't have helped you. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, we it, it started. Uh, the, one of the things about the, the COVID is it saps your concentration. I, I watched no, almost no television for two weeks, which is, sounds crazy, right? I'm in America. I, I, was, I was in television for 25 years. I was <laughs> news director. I watched nothing. I just really, I just couldn't. And so I was still able to scroll through a little Twitter, Facebook, uh, but it was all I could do to get through kind of a couple of well-wishers and somebody who made a video for me. And then that was, and then I need an app because that's just how, much stress it puts on your body and i couldn't watch um you watch i i I actually tweeted this out this last week but uh you know chris cuomo of course now is uh is for cnn is one of the anchors there uh has been has tested positive and he's in his basement he mentioned the other day about going through a night of 103 fever with hallucinations and seeing his dad andrew cuomo who was the mayor of new york when i was a kid and, uh and i and i totally understand that i mean i tried to watch a movie at one point and I don't know if my judgment was off or not, but uh, I tried to watch Gangs of New York. I'm like, hey, Gangs of New York. <laughs> You've ever seen that? It's, you know, yes. 1950s. And, and, and suddenly I was, for four straight nights, I was hallucinating that Bill the Butcher, in the form of Daniel Day-Lewis, was coming <laughs> after me with a knife. Oh, no. <laughs> that was, so after that, I was like, I can't even, I can't even watch anything. So, <laughs> you know, but that wow. part of it is just you're so focused you know, suddenly it's two hours later. Suddenly it's three hours later, and you think, "What have I done? I've been staring at a wall," because my body is just like, "I'm gonna, we're gonna take all the non-essentials, and we're gonna fight the pneumonia and the the liver dysfunction and the COVID and the virus that's everywhere." Uh, and luckily, um, I got, things went well, and I was able to get on top of it uh, physically without uh, without really turning around, turning down. Uh, a, a road that was going to be no return. When we all saw that video, I was very concerned, like I know a lot of people were. And then a few days later, there was the video of you chatting with our mutual friend Kendall Tenney here in Las Vegas. And you looked, you know, it was like a total, total turnaround. And it was, I, we were all so happy to see that. And I know, like you said, to this day, you're still getting rid of this. It's not like exactly like they say that two weeks and you're through with it because it, it can last for several weeks. Yeah. I, I mean, I would think that I probably, I mean, it's, it's not, and we know that you're asymptomatic for a while carrying. So, I mean, I'm, I'm probably, um, quite frankly, on, you know, on week three and three and four of, of battling it because, um, you know, I'm sure that I caught it somewhere early in that time in London and just was asymptomatic for a while, and then was feeling run down, which is a symptom, but I didn't really recognize it at the time. And then, the, then it really hit with full force until I got back to the States. So, uh, and that's been now two and a half, almost three weeks since I came back. So, you know, we're, we're probably talking a week before that. What about your wife and your daughter? As you said, they probably had it, but they weren't tested. So how are they doing right now? You're all at the house. Yeah, we've all, we've all been there. In quarantine, so we're we're not just self isolation or you know social distancing. We're quarantined to where we're not we're not leaving the house or the property, and so still still probably until middle of next week when 
when that will be considered um, that well, you know, as long as everything goes well, no fever, et cetera. My two daughters have had much milder cases and are both have both been fine for a while. And uh, my wife had a little bit more serious case with the fatigue and with uh, not as not as much fever necessarily, but then also had uh, some uh, kind of upper respiratory issues with. Um, where she also lost her sense of taste and smell. I don't know if you've been reading that. That is yes. one of the things. So that happened to her. She just, she's, probably, she's probably about 30, 40% back in that regard at this point uh, from those symptoms. So, uh, But the energy is coming back. But every once in a while, it just grabs you in the chest and says, it's time for a nap. I saw an interview your wife did with one of the local stations there in the Manhattan, Kansas area. And she said, anyone who knows you knows how vital and healthy you are. And for you to be hospitalized really hit home for a lot of people because you had no underlying health conditions and you were, you know, really, you were one of those guys who was kind of a a workout guy. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, you know, shout out to Tony Horton and P90X, you know, we've we've been doing, we've been, we're workout. Both of us are. This is kind of one of our hobbies and, um, and knowing that that, um, that that could then get get us, uh, you know, when they announced it here in uh, in Riley County, and you know they announced it and said, hey, there's someone has tested positive. And this was just before I went to the hospital, uh, and it says there there is a positive test, and it's a 51 year old male who just got back from London. I'm like, oh my gosh, well, thanks. Because <laughs> 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 everybody knows that the only 51 year old male getting back from London in this in the entire city is the journalism instructor at K State. <laughs> so when that happened, I, I had a friend who posted on Facebook said, "Hey, it's in our, it's 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 in Manhattan," and I had another friend who then posted underneath that said, "I am so afraid and so scared right now," and I that that was all it took for me to say, "You know what? Forget it. There's I'm not hiding behind anything. I got to be public with this and let everybody know." Number one, my whole thought in coming back when I we were suspected to possibly be exposed was to protect the community and to not go out and go to the store and go, I mean, we, you know, you can infect hundreds of people in, in that chain. Uh, whereas we made it home and infected zero people. So we wanted people, number one, to know, yes, yes, I tested positive, but no, you are safe. And two, hey, it's me. You know me. I'm, you know, I do a lot of things in various, various capacities from a lot of charity work to the local theater to, you know, a lot of different things. Um, and you know me and know that this could be you and, let me let me take you with my let me tell you about my journey and so then it suddenly became personalized and I started hearing from people all over the country. Um, I worked in Las Vegas. I've heard, I've heard a lot of people from Las Vegas. I worked in Wisconsin for 17 years and I've been getting cards and letters from people in Wisconsin and small right. who who say I remember you on TV. You covered the Packers. You this that and the other and uh, you know and and I hope you're doing well. I, I got so many. There was such a flood of positive energy that really sustained me to where I never was sitting in the hospital going, Oh, I'm so horribly depressed and I've got this. And, and you know, I, I, I was able to keep me, my spirits up. And that was, that was great. And whether it was people from, uh, you know, I also anchored in Utah or, or from Vegas, which I had a lot of folks from Vegas and uh, a lot of people from Wisconsin and from the area here, I've got a pretty strong community here, which has really sustained me and my family through this whole thing, which is... How did you get to the point? Because I was, one, I was extremely jealous of your being able to cover the Packers. That's my my home state team. How did you get from there to to teaching at Kansas State? Well, you know, it was, uh, we'd always, that had always been kind of the plan in the back of the mind. And 
Uh, I got I got a master's degree and and, and got some teaching certifications and I did, I did a little bit in Wisconsin and uh, the position came open uh, to where you know my I remember my wife and I sitting in a diner where we're getting into our late forties and we said well what do we want our fifties to look like our thirties looked like this our forties looked like this is that what we want and I said well gosh wouldn't it be great I'd love to be able to teach at a college a university be maybe run their TV station and teach sports broadcasting and do study abroad. Those are my passions. And this checked all the boxes. And you know, television is a is is it is a beast that you gotta feed, you know, over and over and over, daily, daily, daily. So um, you know, that was that made it tough on families. And so this is that was really also a family decision of, you know, at time to slow the pace down a little bit after twenty five years of feeding the beast, so to speak. Uh, and I'd done everything I think I wanted to do, covered, you know, Super Bowls and NASCAR and Final Fours and, uh, and, and World Series. And I mean, you know, so I, I kind of done what I set out to do. And so I said, ah, now I'm just doing stuff again. Let me try something new. You've obviously got a lot of friends, especially in that area. Somebody actually drove your family car to the Kansas City airport and dropped it off for you, for you guys when you returned. That, that's amazing. Yeah, we'd, we'd set their car. We'd, they said, hey, you can park the car here. And what we'll do is you know, we know that you guys are going to be contagious and tired. And we'll just we'll drive it and just park it there. And then we will scoot back back home. You know, they were they live in Kansas City. So it was uh, uh Great service. It was a, it was a great service to for for us to to be able to do that, and not only that, it helped I you know keep whoever was going to ride that stupid bus to the parking lot with us kept them safe too. So it's just it was it all worked out really 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 well to to try to keep everybody safe. I mean, and that's that's the message for me is you know yeah we want we're, we're in this together as a community as a nation, and we just got to be smart, you know got to be smart to make sure that we are doing our part, each individual part, to try to slow the spread. And, um, you know, it's kind of, it's a virus. It, it gets around. It's very aggressive. Uh, you know, we're going to be battling this for a year until we finally get a vaccine or whatever. Um, but, you know, as long as we can make it so it doesn't overwhelm our healthcare system, that's what we want to make sure we do. You were actually treated with that anti-malarial that was part of the cocktail they treated you with? Yeah, my, when I got to the hospital, it was obviously the first case ICU uh, doctor who runs the ICU is also a pulmonary specialist, which was fortunate for me, and uh, is also has lots of colleagues in New York, and so had been really connected with what they were doing to treat there. So before even, you know, the, before the, the president was tweeting about certain drugs, uh, I was we were already on them, and so the hydrochloroquine and the uh, the niacin, you know, there have been competing studies. Some of we've there have been two studies that said, hey, yes, this is effective. There was another one released yesterday today that said, ah, maybe it's not. Um, but for me, it worked, and that was and that's the bottom line is that it depends on you know everybody's biology is a little different. So um, after the first two sets of things did nothing, they said, you know what, we're going we're going about this the wrong way. We need to get. Uh, we need to do do this a little differently. And so uh, luckily we were able to switch midstream and it worked. So does the hospital check in on you guys from day to day? Yeah, we uh, they, they passed me off to my primary care doctor, uh, who is a tremendous, is also a, tr- a tremendous uh, doctor. And um, and uh, he, so he's been very aggressive in checking with us. And, um, you know, we like I said, today we got another chest x-ray, got more blood work done. We'll probably now wait another couple of weeks uh, and get and do that again just to make sure everything is cleared out. Um, but they're you know they're fairly aggressive in checking in and making sure that 
um, that I don't regress. That was the biggest thing why when they released me, my the doctor in the ICU said, I don't want to see you back here in a week, but understand that that is a possibility with this virus. This virus goes and seems to go in waves. And, and about three days after I got home, we, I had a, I hit a bad stretch for about 48 hours and thought, oh, no, um, things got a little worse. The fever came back pretty hard. Um, but I got back on top. My body, my body got back on top of it again. And it wasn't as bad as the first rave. And so I was able to get through it. When they send you home, was there anything that they prescribed for you while, while you're at home? I had some medications to finish out the azithromycin and the hydrochloroquine. That was, I just had a couple of days left of that. Um, uh, but I, I actually have a, um, an at-home uh, oxygen machine that I use at night still just to give my lungs a break. Uh, and other than that, um, take your vitamins, you know, and get some sunshine. So sunshine and the sunshine, vitamin D, get your vitamin C and, and uh, and really make sure you're really well hydrated. And other than that, like, you know, the from here on out, where they've treated all the bacterial things they can treat, now it's just finishing out all the viral pieces that the body just has to work through. And that's, um, and luckily my body has been responding to it. So that's, and that's, that's good. That is great news. And what about the quarantine situation with you and your family? Do you have friends who are doing some grocery shopping for you? What What's happening with all that? Yeah, we do. It's uh, we, we're, we're very fortunate, especially. If, I remember the first couple of days. It seemed like every time we turned around, someone would say, "Check your porch," and we'd go out there, and somebody had left something. Uh, whether you know, hey, here's look, here's here's some bananas and milk and bread. Uh, but we've got friends who have uh, who have been very very conscientious of, "Hey, I'm at the store. What do you need?" And uh, and that's been great. We've had other friends who have made us meals and um, brought things over, and and that's been. Really, you find out what kind of a community web you weave when those things happen. And we've been very aggressive to be in the community and, and serve and, and do the things that this community needs. And now when we're in need, the community's turned right around and, and, and has been so responsive. And it's just been really heartwarming to see. And we're glad that now that we're getting through this. Now, as I say, maybe we can kind of pay it back. They're hoping that we'll have a little immunity. And so now we can go and do uh, and help people that uh, that – that maybe are going to go through this because it's not over. I mean, it's not even close to being over. So it's, we're going to be dealing with this for a long time. Probably was this huge outrage to you from your community, which is great. Yeah. And that, that was in that we didn't do it to try to get people to help us. Uh, I did it to try to more help other people. Uh, You know, most of the, most of what we got back from that in that specific instance of just going public with it was just all the prayers and the well wishes and the the positive energy. And, And, you know, you can't put a price tag on, positive attitude and positive energy. And that really um, becomes something that really sustains. And once you take that stress out of it, that worry and stress away, and that positive energy, then your body can focus on, on everything else. So that's one of the things that really, I think, we got going public, we had an outpouring, and it, was, uh, and it really helped sustain all of us. Well, if you've got uh, some extra toilet paper there, please send it to Las Vegas because it's just ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know, it was so funny. We drove in, we drove in from London, and we drove into that. We've been watching everybody hoarding and blah blah blah, everything. <laughs> and then we drove in. I went and we drove into the garage, and I looked over. We have this, you know, some shielding on the side of the garage where we keep kind of supplies and things. Right. And I saw that I had gone to Sam's Club and gotten an enormous pack just before we left. 
<laughs> we're like, we're good for a month. <laughs> Drew Smith continued well wishes for you and your family. We, we've all been thinking about you, and I hope that you continue to feel to feel a lot better, buddy. Yeah, I, you know, we we're we're all in this together. You know, we're all fighting it together. You know, I feel like I'm done my bit here, but uh, everybody's got a part part to play. So, everybody, be pleased, be safe, be safe. All right, you as well. Good talking to you, Drew. Take care of yourself. Thanks, I thought it was interesting how and why he went public with his COVID-19 case, and that was to help other people, which if you know Drew Smith, that is so him. Well, that does it for this episode of The Fake Show Podcast. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you back here next time. Take The Fake Show on the road by listening on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.